Welcome to Inspiration Rising. I'm your host, David Trotter, and we're here to inspire you to rise up in your life, love, and leadership. Today, I want to introduce you to Karen Rockhind, a leading expert on purpose and positive psychology, the science of human flourishing. She's the creator of Purpose Girl, a movement to empower purpose-driven living, and the founder of Women's Global Happiness Day, the first ever worldwide initiative to eradicate the women's depression epidemic. In its inaugural year of 2018, they had 98 events in 19 countries and six continents. Not only does she host the Purpose Girl podcast, but she's a keynote speaker at conferences and companies such as Capital One, Victoria's Secret, AAA, BMW, Progressive Insurance, and more. In this episode, you'll learn how Karen understands purpose, myths of finding your life's purpose, how you can uncover your purpose, and the journey from pain to purpose. You'll also learn the benefits of a company helping their employees uncover their individual purpose. Let's jump into my conversation with Karen Rockhind. Well, Karen, thank you so much for taking time to hang with me today. Thank you. I'm excited. You call yourself the Purpose Girl, which I love that. That's very (laughs) purposeful. Thank you. (laughs) Uh, When you use the word purpose or life purpose, you know, that's used a lot these days, obviously. But what do you mean by that? Yeah, it's such a good question. Purpose is so heavy. You know, it's, I, I find now that I've been studying purpose and teaching purpose for seven or eight years now, when I ask a room of people, like, how many of you want to live your purpose? Like everybody wants it, right? Everyone's raising their hand. And what is it? And, you know, then I'll ask, so what is purpose? And it's like, no one knows, right? It's like crickets, right? But then people start using things like, it's the reason for being. It's why I'm alive. It's the thing that's going to juice me up and get me going in the morning. It's what will make me feel fulfilled, right? And so the way I define purpose is it is actively impacting the world using in your own unique way and in a way that lights you up. Now let's break that down. Here's the most simple way to think about it. It is being your true self which is not so easy in this world, right? There's a lot of people who, you know, want you to conform and want you to be a certain way. It is doing what's truly in your heart, right? Like when you have a a, a inkling, a desire, right? For you, Dave, that might be a, a movie or starting this podcast, really helping people. Like how many people say, oh, I can't do that. No, it's, you know, I won't make it or, right? Or other people tell them, who do you think you are? So it's really Being your true self, meaning you know your strengths, you know your gifts, you know your talents, you know your passions, you you have a sense of like the the what you're all about, doing what's in your heart, and therefore impacting, making an impact on the world. The world, by the way, could be the people right around you, your family, your friends, your neighborhood. For some people, that's going to be the world at large, right? And there's no hierarchy and purpose. So I feel like we've gotten really screwed up. I call them the purpose myths. The purpose myths. Tell me what they are. Come on, give me some. Yeah, we've gotten really screwed up around purpose because number one, we've thought that purpose is a noun. We think, you know, people are like, is my purpose to be a teacher or is it to be a filmmaker or is it to be an architect? And the answer is all the above and none of the above, right? So purpose is not to be a parent or, you know, a mom or a dad or to be a teacher, Because maybe back generations ago, people had one career 
or they were stay at home or they worked out of the home, but that's not how we are anymore. We want to do multiple things. I mean, look at you, you're a filmmaker and a marketer and a podcaster and you have many talents and you want to share them all. So purpose cannot be a noun. Purpose is a verb or a series of verbs, like to encourage, to inspire, to support. The next purpose myth is that purpose has to be huge, right? I call this the Oprah complex. So it's like, you know, it's like be as big as Oprah or do impact people in the same way that Mother Teresa is or go home, right? Oh, it's not going to be worth it if I just... No, that's not true, right? There are... we. I, I look at the world like an ecosystem and every single person is needed making their contribution. My best friend, her purpose is to help people be brave. And she is the woman who with her two sons, when they were growing up, all around their bathroom mirror were statements like, be brave, you can do it. She turned their toilet seat into a throne, like for a king. She puts a note in their lunch every day and they're, you know, in their mid-teens, right? So, um, but she looks at what I do and she's like, oh, I would never want to be out there like you are. So, but each of us is needed just in our own way. You know, third, we had this idea that we're going to like find our purpose, like as if we're trying to find our keys or find your car in the parking lot at Christmas time. Like, no, you know, it's like purpose. I don't like to use that word. I like to use the word uncover because purpose really is inside of you because it is really knowing who you are and what juices you up and living that. So there are all these myths around purpose. And I think it's, it's best simplified as really being yourself, doing what's in your heart and therefore impacting others. Because the more you are doing what lights you up, you're going to light other people up. And that's being purposeful. Mm -hmm. I love how you said that there's no hierarchy when it comes to purpose. Uh, I, you know, I, I can sometimes feel that way. And I, I hear other people feel that way. Like, uh, you know, I just don't do much in life or this is not that meaningful or, you know, whatever. Um, that's, that's very powerful. So how did you begin to uncover your purpose in life? Yeah, great question. So when I was a kid, I, I grew up in the suburbs of Michigan and my parents bless their hearts. They have been in love since they were 14 They've been married for 53 years. My grandparents were married 68 years. They were Holocaust survivors. And what I witnessed was happiness equals get married, <laughs> find, you know, find your husband, live in a house, you know, do, your, do the thing that you're supposed to do. And so I went off into eighth grade where my parents met and then thereafter in college to find my husband. And I did. Uh, so I, I just tried to pursue this like perfect life. I thought that that was what purpose was. That was what happiness was. So by 22, I was married to tall, dark, handsome lawyer. We lived by 24 in a big suburban house. We had a golden retriever. I mean, you can picture it, right? We made Thanksgiving dinner. And I'll tell you, Dave, I was really unhappy. Hmm. I would cry all time. I just felt so empty inside. Like something was in me wanting to come out. I just felt like something was missing. And my husband got sick of me crying. He would say to me like, what's wrong with you? And I'd say, we're not, I'm not happy. And he'd say, we are happy. Look, we have season football tickets. Like we are happy. We have everything we've ever wanted. And I thought something really was wrong with me because I did have what I thought would make me happy. And all that kept coming to me is I feel like I'm here for something. I feel like I have a purpose. And we ended up getting divorced at 26. This is not that podcast. We can do that you know, over cocktails. And I began my journey to understand what is happiness. 
And one of the things that I started doing was kind of listening to what would kind of light me up. And someone suggested that I start volunteering. So I called a youth group of high school girls. And the next thing I know, I start working with 40 high school girls who were so jazzed about life and looking ahead at what they wanted to do and who they wanted to be. And several of them had eating disorders. And several of them felt like they weren't as smart as their older brother or as pretty as that one. And I just found this real love for seeing each one of them for who they were. Like what they found as maybe not that attractive, I thought was the most adorable thing I'd ever seen. And I could just say, oh my gosh, Dave, like everybody comes to you for creativity. Like that's your thing. Let's do that. And I just found this love for inspiring these girls and seeing them and motivating them and being in this place of empowering. And I was like happier than I had ever been. And I thought, what is this? Like this juicy feeling in my body. And I went, oh, this is purpose. And so I came to understand that, oh, that feeling of impacting using your own strengths, following your truth, making a difference in a way that lights you up, that's purpose. So then I was like, okay, I, I, how do I do this? You know, and, and kind of at the same time I had started... Um, there were no blogs at this time. It was back in the days of message boards online. This tells you how long ago it was. And I found a message board for other young divorced women. And I kept responding to women. You got this, we can do it. Next thing you know, they make me the leader of the board. So my whole life outside of work became around women's empowerment and girls' empowerment, but I couldn't figure out how to turn that into a career. So, you know, then I tried to fit it into a noun, right? And I thought, well, does this mean I, you know, my theory of the nouns that purpose is not a noun? So should I be a high school teacher? And I went and I talked to um, a, uh, someone at an admissions program to, you know, for a master's in teaching and education. And someone said, well, what do you want to teach? You know, math, English, and I said, self love. You know, like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So there was no equivalent. I I had Oprah complex, go big or go home, uh, which is how I realized that that was a myth. And I became severely depressed because I couldn't figure out the path to my purpose to live it. If I had just kept following it, you know, I know, I know differently now. I couldn't figure out how to turn it into a career. So I became severely depressed. I went back into a relationship with another lawyer, another BMW, trying to live the same thing, ended up leaving that unhappy. And then one day I was, uh, at this point I was living in Cleveland, Ohio, and I was walking home from a bad blind date, actually, laughing about it on the phone with my sister. She lived in California at the time. And I was like, oh my God, he was so awful. And I go to put my key in my condominium door. And the next thing, I felt hot breath on my neck. Mm. And I turn around and I am nose to nose with a very sad looking young man. And he's got these huge black eyes and he's looking into my eyes. And I said to him like, are you going inside? I thought maybe he has a friend who lives in the building or an aunt. And then he looks into my eyes and then he looks down at my belly and pulls a gun. Mm. I, I scream, I fall to the floor, my hands are over my head. I'm saying, please don't hurt me, please don't hurt me, please don't hurt me. And now I look up and the gun is at my left temple and I'm thinking, okay, this is it. Like this is, this is, the, this is the end of my life. And I, 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 like these moments of my life, like my eighth birthday party flashed across my mind. And I thought, okay, God, it's been a good life. Tell my parents, thank you. And then some other voice came over me and she said very calmly, oh no, you were put on this earth for purpose and people need you. Hmm. 
So I said, okay, God, if you let me live, I promise I will pursue that purpose. And just at that moment, the man took my purse and he ran. Hmm. So I just made a decision. You know, it sounds kind of cliche to say, if there was a gun pointed at your head, what would you regret never having done? And it's not cliche for me because I actually lived it. Wow. And since then, that's how I've decided to live my life. Mm-hmm. Because I know what that is like. And I just made a decision. I'm going to pursue this purpose no matter what. And made a list of what do I have to do. And one of the first things I wanted to do was to get an education in empowering people. Like, okay, now I had a cool gun story, but now how do I do that? And uh, someone turned me on to positive psychology, the scientific study of human flourishing and happiness. I started reading about it. It was It's a fairly new field. It was started at the University of Pennsylvania. I started crying. I saw that they had a master's program. I applied. By the grace of God, I got in. And I turned in my notice at my six-figure vice president job. Sold my boat. I was living in Cleveland. I had a boat. I sold my boat. I rented out my condominium. And I moved across the country to become a poor graduate student at 36 and start life over. Wow. Wow. What do you think um, holds someone back from kind of going down that road of uncovering their purpose. You know, there, there are so many people that you and I both know that are, maybe they're just comfortable. Maybe maybe they don't even think about purpose. Maybe it's not even on their radar and they're just going, hey, I'm just kind of work this job, live this life, have kids. Maybe they are happy in the midst of that, but there's not this greater sense of purpose. You know what I mean? Like what what's the difference between somebody who's decided, I want to uncover my purpose? Versus somebody who's just kind of comfortable living day to day, nine to five. Yeah. So, you know, according to the research, I can tell you the research and then I can give you my opinion, right? So according to the research, we will never know, does everyone have a purpose? (laughs) We can't scientifically know that. What we do know is that people who identify as having purpose are happier and have higher life satisfaction. They're more resilient to challenges. They um, are more optimistic, better able to overcome. So that's what we know. Does everyone have purpose? I personally believe that we do, right? What I also believe is that some people, and this may be because of our souls and the depth of our souls, or maybe sometimes if that is just the age of our soul, right? Everyone's always told me I have an old soul. Maybe they've always told you that too. You know, for some reason, some people don't have this yearning, this deep desire to know why am I here? Sure. And I got to tell you, I used to envy those people. Right. Me too. (laughs) Why can't we just go to work, come home and like watch football on the weekend and then we're good. And be happy, you know, like what do those people have going on? And I I actually always thought my ex-husband was like that. It was like a, you know, an envy and some people I went to high school with and, you know, um, my best friend likes to say I, that, that some of us are abyss walkers. You know, it's like we're walking in the, you know, through the abyss of life. And, and that's just how we're made up. And so some of us do have a deep sense, a yearning. Now, some of it might have to do with, eco, you know, socioeconomic status and, mm-hmm. and it, what you're thinking about. Because if we look at Maslow's hierarchy of needs, if you don't have food to think about, then, you know, if you don't have food, then that's what you're thinking about. So, if we just take the people who say you know, that they're happy, fine. I don't, 
I don't need to like mess someone's life up and say, no, you're not, you know, happier. No, you're not, you know, so I don't, I don't need to do, to do that. What I am focused on are people, men or women, it doesn't matter who feel like they are here for something and that they don't know what it is and don't know where to start to figure it out. But they feel that longing because when you feel that longing, it means that there is something in you that's wanting to come out. And does it mean a career change? Maybe. Does it mean a relationship change? Maybe. Does it have to? Not necessarily. What's really happening, I believe, is that when we look at kids, kids are kind of like living their purpose, right? Like you see kids being their true selves. If they want to dance naked, they dance naked. If they want to sit in a corner and read, they sit in a corner and read. But then there are all of us adults who know better, who come along and say, you can't do that. You know, you, you know, it's like the, one of my coaching clients, she would, she would sit in the corner, she would read, she would take notes. I mean, she was like, whenever, first time, whenever she first learned to write, she would, you know, make little notes. She loved to read. She, and this is secretly then what she would do as she got older, because her mom would always say, you're so shy. So then she developed this label of shy and that I'm supposed to be an extrovert trying to be and do all the, like be this whole way that she wasn't. What she really wanted was to create her drawings that she was doing in her journal and to create writing that goes with them. Did she end up turning that into a career that she made money on? No. Is she doing it though now? Yes. And is it filling her? Yes. Right. So you know, and another one of my coaching clients, she was always like really bright and, and gregarious and she loved to dance. She loved to do cartwheels, her, you know, entertain others. And she grew up, she's first generation American, grew up in a very strict Indian American family and actually Indian because her parents, uh, you know, were, were immigrants here. And they, they would say to her, no more dancing, no more cartwheels, you know, study, study, study. So that's what she did. She, you know, And then when I met her, she was a pharmacist and she was actually my pharmacist. That's how I met her. And I love pharmacists, but when you are a colorful, you want to be really out there standing behind a counter in a long white coat, there's, there's very little color in that, you know, unless somebody can do it differently, but we don't want you to be creative in that job. (laughs) Right. No, we want you to be very analytical. Exactly. 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 And So she had just suppressed. This is where I think depression comes from, pressing down our true self. And as we discovered who she really is and what she's really about, she ended up actually becoming a model and getting modeling contracts. And then she could be her like bright self. Mm. And she did that full-time for a while and now she's, she's doing something else. But it's like, the the doing and the job isn't even as important as the being. Well, you know, it's both. So being who she was, doing what's in her heart. And when you're living that way, you're going to impact others. And I do believe that purpose also is, I think that we yearn to make a contribution to something larger than ourselves. So it's it's all it's all part of that. And I think if you have the yearning, you have to answer it. Mm-hmm. You know, there's um, someone... Someone I know who, who also graduated from my graduate program, I was her advisor on her thesis. She created the term purpose anxiety. And some, a lot of people have purpose anxiety out there. You know you want, you want to live your purpose, but you don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. It seems like uh, there's a longing. I'm hearing that, like this, this yearning, like there's got to be something more. That's mm-hmm. one thing that drives people toward purpose. 
uh, even that I use the word stuck a lot. Like people just mm-hmm. kind of feel stuck. Mm-hmm. And I think that's connected to that longing. Yes. Maybe it's like one step before the longing. It's like, this doesn't feel right. I don't know what else I could do. I feel stuck. I think the other thing that I find that people uh, kind of precipitates this journey toward purpose or uncovering their purpose is pain. Mm-hmm. And it's this feeling of whether it's the loss of a relationship, the loss of a child, the loss of a job, the loss of um, maybe a dream, um, a health scare or having a diagnosis, you know, all of those things seem to ignite in people kind of this need to uncover purpose. Do you find um, that as well? Oh, 100%, 100%. I actually call that pain to purpose. Mm. So there you've, you've just so well, so well identified kind of the different pathways that people find their purpose. Like you said, some people have that longing, they're searching. Some people actually want purpose because they saw it modeled from other people. Um, and anyone out there who is, you want to kind of teach purpose or look at purpose with adolescence, there's a great book out there by Bill Damon, um, and which is really covers this social modeling idea. And then there's this pain to purpose. And I, like you said, you know, so a lot of people are familiar with the term post-traumatic stress disorder. Mm-hmm. You go through a trauma, like any of the ones that you just mentioned, and you go down into depression and anxiety. In positive psychology, uh, there are researchers, Tadeshi and Calhoun, who have looked at post-traumatic growth. And what happens, because we all know people who go through a trauma, like, you know, um, Susan Komen's sister, right? Susan Komen died of breast cancer. So her sister created the Komen Foundation to ensure that women would find, that we'd find a cure, mm-hmm. right? Or the founders of Mothers Against Drunk Driving. What happened? A child was lost to drunk driving. So those situations are examples of post-traumatic growth. When we take trauma and we find the new possibility, it leads us to a new possibility. And I actually think that's the most powerful, powerful thing. When I work with people to uncover their, their purpose or you know what it is that they really want to be, who they are and what they want to be doing, one aspect are your strengths. And which is like who you, who you are, like how you show up, your strengths of character, creative, kind, natural leader. One is your skills. That's what you do well, right? So filmmaking, speaking, advising, one of your passions, right? So different people have different passions. And then the fourth aspect is your wisdom that has come from your life experience. And I think all of us, you know, no two people have had the same life experience. So you know, your life experience, Dave, moving to California at 16 and what you went through and fitting in and all, that is going to give you a different perspective. That's part of your unique purpose to live than is mine. When I was 16, I was just entering into a relationship, my first love, and it was with a girl. And then she ended up abusing me. So that it, that's part of my wit. Like that can give me wisdom. And that's a big piece of, I think, how we, we do pain to purpose. Before we continue the conversation, I want to ask you for a quick favor. Will you subscribe to the Inspiration Rising podcast on the iTunes podcast app on your phone? Now, it's also available wherever you listen to podcasts. All you have to do is search for Inspiration Rising. Click subscribe. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Why? So you won't miss a single inspiring episode. We search for the most inspiring guests to help you rise up in your life, love, and leadership. And you don't want to miss out. So subscribe and then leave a quick review. 
click some stars, preferably five, and leave a sentence telling me what you enjoyed the most. All right, let's jump back in to the conversation. Just this past Sunday, I was, um, my wife and I were at church and I was looking at a young couple. They were in their early 20s and I could see there was probably a little bit of a challenging dynamic going on. And I came home and I told my wife, I go, you know that feeling we had in our 20s where you felt so in, in stable, you know, unstable, there was this instability and you were trying to figure things out and there was this um, nervousness and anxiety and trying to, you know, we were just laughing and I go, I don't feel that anymore. You know, mm-hmm. I just turned 46 and I, I now look back on the last 25 years, you know, and go, I have so much more self-awareness having been processing these things and asking that question, what is my purpose and who are the people that I'm walking with in this process? And I think that as a young person trying, you have, you have that sense of, I, I need to find my purpose. It can be just really painful. You know, mm-hmm. just asking that question and wrestling through that and going, who are the people that I can trust? Is there a significant other, a life partner that can journey with me in this purpose? And, mm-hmm. you know, and not that it gets better over time, but that's the goal though. That's the goal is that over time you grow in your skills, you grow in your self-awareness, you grow in your uh, uh, wisdom through painful experiences. So uh, for those of you listening, not that I'm old, but uh, you know, th- I think it gets better. You know, it can get better. It can get better over time. You know? I, I agree. It, it, when you're using your, when you're approaching life in the way that you just described, mm-hmm. right? What, what I notice is that everyone is on, obviously we're all on our own journeys and some people kind of just stay in that stuck place mm-hmm. for 20 years wanting to avoid it. 30 years and then suddenly are turning 50 and go, oh God, you know, like, I don't know that I can do this anymore. Or maybe their partner leaves and then they have a a waking up or their kids are leaving the house and okay, well now I finally have to deal with this. I think so. So at some point it's going to hit you. You know, one of the things I, I think about is if, if we sweep shit under the rug long enough, it's going to start to stink, you know, eventually like something's going to come up. And so what you just described, Dave, is like really using your life like to 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 get to that place of self-awareness and self-acceptance. Mm-hmm. With this is who I actually am, and I'm going to live this way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That that is that is hard, the self-acceptance, you know, especially when it comes to like my own weaknesses. Like I'm super clear on my weaknesses and um and I hate them. You know what I mean? Like, I hate those weaknesses. I wish I didn't have those weaknesses, but they're my weaknesses. If I didn't have those weaknesses, I'd have different weaknesses. <laughs> and they're connected to my strengths, of course, because our mm-hmm. greatest strengths are, you know, connect to our greatest weaknesses. Um, but it also means how do I, as I'm living out my purpose, how do I set up my life so I try to avoid situations where I minimize my, where I can minimize my weaknesses? So I just know, okay, this type of work scenario in living out my purpose. I probably don't want to be in that scenario because exactly. I just know self-awareness that's going to, that's going to impact me. That's going to impact my happiness then because I mm-hmm. my own self-awareness as I live out my purpose. That's a big, well, that's a weakness. Like for me, I was, um, I was a pastor 10 years ago. I had 15 people that reported to me and, uh, that was the biggest staff that I had ever led 15 direct reports. And 
oh my God, I hated that. I hated it. I hated it. I hate managing people. Mm. I have a really high bar of expectation, like, cause, and I have a high bar of expectation for myself. And so I need to, you know, because of my purpose, right. And knowing myself, I need to set up my life in a way that I'm not hurting others. And I'm, I'm focused on what I'm good at. Let other people focus on what they're good at. But I think that really, it takes time, Karen. It takes so much time to be able to, um, that's not something you do overnight. You know, it's a lifelong journey. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's a, it's a lifelong journey. And let's remember we're supposed to enjoy the journey. Right. Sometimes I, I think maybe our purpose is just to be happy. You know, like, you know, we do know from the research that people who are living their purpose are happier, but it's like, what makes, what makes you happy? And the truth is that focusing on your weaknesses is never going to make you happy. It's the worst. The worst. Putting yourself in situations where you're doing work. I mean, listen, we all have to do things we don't love, taxes, whatever it might be. But when your primary work is something that just bucks against your values or you're in an environment that is against your values or you're, you have to consistently perform tasks like managing other people or for someone else, it might be writing briefs, whatever it might be that you just hate. That's not, a, that's not why we're here. Like, I really think each of us was put here to enjoy this life and yeah. enjoy what there is. And so we have to know, you know, what I love about positive psychology, and I don't know how much you know about it, but you know, psychology since the beginning of time had always looked at what's wrong with people. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're going to diagnose you as having depression, depressive disorder, you know, anxiety disorder. And about 20 years ago, a very famous professor at the University of Pennsylvania, Martin Seligman was president of the American Psychological Association. And he said to the field at large, you know, we've done kind of normal or regular people. And I say that with quotes because which one of us is normal, but we've done people a disservice. We've focused so much on illness that we've forgotten about wellness. Hmm. And the absence of illness is not wellness. Just because you don't have cancer doesn't mean you're healthy. You have to eat well, you have to exercise. So positive psychology is really like, what's the salad for my mental health? What's the treadmill for my emotional health? And really knowing your strengths, working to those focusing on that instead of the ruminating about your weaknesses and what's wrong with you. Right. But I'm like a recovering ruminator. Like I have to train, train my brain every single day. Um, you know, that's, that's the opportunity to really enjoy life and to be living in a way that's in alignment and to thrive. So, you know, people say, but I, I, I got to improve my weaknesses. Well, you know what? When I was in corporate America every year, my performance evaluation didn't matter what boss I had, what company I worked for. They would always tell me I needed to, you know, be able to manage details better. Okay, you know what? It's I could work on it so hard and maybe be able to get like a centimeter better. How about instead if I just know, you know what? I'm really great at big picture thinking and I'm going to surround myself with people who are really great at getting it done. Now you can be happy in life. Right, right. You know, and listen, as a solopreneur, you have to do everything. But maybe you can find a barter or you could find a way to work creatively with a friend or something to kind of find a way to focus on your strengths and to do the things that light you up. And then you're going to be living your purpose and you're going to be happier. Doing the things that light you up, that is the key. That is Mm -hmm. the key. So if somebody wants to find their purpose, discover their purpose, uncover their purpose... And they're trying to figure it out, you know, whether they're feeling stuck or they're feeling um, like they're longing for something more. Maybe they've just come out of a painful situation. How would you encourage them to begin? Like, what are some steps, next steps they could take? 
Yeah. Great question. So first of all, I actually have a free resource on my website at purposegirl.com. It's called the living on purpose, living your purpose guide. And it is a mini ebook workbook of a bunch of questions that will start getting you thinking about, right? Anytime we're stuck, it, it just means I'm not quite happy where I am, but I don't quite know what I want. (laughs) So we need something to kind of jar up. It's like, you know, get, get something going in there. And so it's totally free. You just go to my website, purposegirl.com. It's right there on the homepage and you downloaded it, you download it and it will just begin to ask you questions to start getting into who am I? Or, you know, what are some, what are some aspects of me? Because I think sometimes we say, well, if you could do anything, what would you do if money weren't an object? And then we get deer in headlights because our brain doesn't work like that. Rather, we need to do some different exercises. So as an example, one, think about what I call you know, positivity words. So the way that your brain works is that when you're in a place of stress or negativity, you're in fight flight. Well, when you're in that place, you actually, your brain narrows to focus on the saber-toothed tiger at hand. So you can't really uncover or find or you know, discover your purpose then. You actually have to be in a positive place. Because positivity, what we know from, brain, from neuroscience is that positivity opens your brain. So take a moment and, and everybody, every morning, take a few minutes for deep breathing, listen to a song that you love and makes you dance or journal out three things. I'm grateful for, I'm proud of, I'm excited about. Grateful for, I'm proud of, I'm excited about. I do this every morning. And it, so just to get your brain into the place of positivity. So a couple of, a couple of prompts. One, you can begin with, I'm inspired by. So just start taking an inventory. Who inspires you? And come up with five, six people. And what do they have in common? You know, one of my clients did this exercise and every single person on her list was an attorney. Every single one. Mm. (laughs) It was like, huh. And she said, the truth is when I was younger, I did want to be an attorney, but my dad thought that was a stupid idea because he owns a big company and I should take it over one day. And, you know, so even though purpose is not to be an attorney, every single person on her list was, an attorney by kind of trade, but they were out there making social impact. And so she is now applying to law school, not because she wants to sit behind a desk and be an attorney, not that there's anything wrong with that. But like at the same time, she's been applying for Planned Parenthood. She's the first person, woman in Alabama to talk publicly about her abortion. Like, okay, we're all about social justice here. So inspiration is a great place to start. Interest is another. Just for fun. I love this prompt. I love me when. When, are, when do you love being you? What are all the places, all the ways that you love being yourself and you know, have, have some fun with it? Anytime you get frustrated, you've got to come back to joy. You know, I'm interested in, go walk through the bookstore and just see what interests you, but keep your mind off of the nouns. No nouns yet. You've got to first be in a place of discovery and that living on purpose guide will help you. Um, doing some of these will help you. Another way to do it is, what do you get jealous of other people over? Or what do you regret in your life? Typically, whatever you're jealous of other people over gives you a clue of maybe something that would excite you or interest you. It doesn't have to be your ultimate purpose, but we've got to get you in a place of positivity and enjoying life. And and then you will start being more open and receptive to what's inside. Because what happens is like my client who was told no more dancing, her truth was inside, but it, it had to be covered up because it wasn't safe in her family to be her true self. So we've got to get you back into a place where you're enjoying life and feeling safe, and then things can start clicking. 
Mm. Those are just a few ideas. There are many more. You know, I love helping helping people uncover their purpose and figure out how to live it. And anyone who who wants to to learn more, just go over to purposegirl.com. Love that. I I that whole idea of purpose as a noun, you know, I want I I feel like I'm called to be a blank, right? My purpose is to be a blank. Like for my wife, I think she knew pretty early on that she wanted to be a teacher. She's a kindergarten teacher. Mm. And yet, um, you know, I think that's just the context that she finds herself yes. in where she really cares for 24 students for a year and all of their families. So she not only loves and nurtures and cares for the kids, but she loves and nurtures and cares for the whole family unit because she's really passionate as she's gotten older and grown. Okay, it's not just about teaching kids to read and write and do math, uh, which they have to all do in the kindergarten now. Uh, But, you know, it's caring for that whole family. I know for me, I thought, okay, when I was 18, I thought, I feel like I'm supposed to be a pastor. Well, after doing that for 10 years, I didn't enjoy it anymore. I really just didn't like it. But now over the course of 25 years, I can see that golden thread going, all right, well, wow, I've done this and this, I've done all these things. And it's some people, um, because I've done all these films, people go, oh, you're a filmmaker. You want to, and I go, you know, I really don't even care about film. Like, I don't even care about uh, the making, like I enjoy parts of it. But what I care about is the story and that it's helping someone because they've all had social justice issues in every one of the films. So it's all been about the people. You know, I'm not the guy who's going to sit down and watch a film and break it down for you. People go, well, what is that film? I don't know. I just love the popcorn and the movie and the dark room. It was just <laughs> awesome. You know, I'm not that guy. I'm not going to be breaking down the films. That's boring to me. But to make a film for a specific purpose, you know, I've done one on human trafficking. I've done one on orphans in India, all these things. It's the story, right? Yes. So. Anyway, I love that where you're saying it's not the noun, it's not who, you know, the title, but it's you be you and then do what lights you up and then you'll be helping the world in the process. Yes. And what I'm hearing is for you, it's like these themes. Since I think of purpose as a verb or a series of verbs, and certainly as we grow and evolve, verbs can change, verbs can, you can add verbs, you know, um, for you, there's like this inspiring people or helping people live a better life. And there's something there about storytelling. This is storytelling. Right. right? And so, and I love what you said about themes. You know, that's, that's another exercise that's in the living and purpose guide is look back at your peak experiences. Maslow called, you know, Abraham Maslow, one of the most famous psychologists alive called a peak experience. You know, when we, it's a moment of transcendence, you know, an awe. And you might think of it like when you're at the Grand Canyon. Well, I also think of it as we've all had moments in our life. It's almost like breadcrumbs, right? Moments when we felt lit up, when we felt, mm-hmm. you know, in alignment. And you can look at all of whether it's your jobs or your life. And when have you had those moments? Even if it goes back to middle school, it doesn't, <laughs> doesn't matter if you were 10. What were those moments? And like you said, the golden thread or the theme and for me, when I look, when I had looked back, when I was younger, I was a summer camp counselor. So again, it was always, you know, these empowering, these, you know, inspiring, caring on, nurturing these younger people. When I was in college, I ran sorority rush for the entire university. Like mm-hmm. 1,000 women, I went to, a, I went to University of Michigan. So a huge school, 1,000 women came through rush. Again, though, it was that caring for, nurturing younger women to go through. So there's always been that. And you know, I think though we, we, we then get afraid of following that or we can't figure out the job title. 
start doing that even if it's as a volunteer or it's doing it in, you know, you in a small way through YouTube. There's so many amazing ways now, YouTube and social media, and you can write your own, publish your own book. There's so many ways now to be doing that. And, and all you need to know is what's the next thing? Um, and the other thing is like, who do I like to impact? You know, when we think about the impact piece. Mm-hmm. So I know yeah. not only do you coach women kind of in a one-on-one setting, um, but you also speak in corporate environments. And so I know if we have people that are listening that are either leading or managing in a corporate environment, or maybe they're in HR, sell them on the benefits of helping their employees find their purpose. You know, I, I, I asked that question because I think some corporations want to try to hold onto that employee because they are, a, you know, a, like I spent all this time and money hiring them. I mean, we need to keep them. I don't want them. I don't want them figuring out something that might not include me. You know? Right. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And it's, it's so interesting from, for my career and what lights me up because I both love, as you said, coaching an individual, what are you really here for and empowering them? And then I love, you know, going into Capital One. I was the keynote speaker at their women's conference, you know, a few months ago. So I, I love both sides are me and they're both true. And, and the truth is, is that the majority of people aren't out there aren't going to leave and start their own business or, and they don't have to, right? When we get down to what wisdom have you learned from your pain? What are your strengths? You can live that right where you are, maybe not in the exact role that you have at that company, but maybe in another way, or maybe you could pick up a side hustle either in or outside the company. It's interesting what we know, you know, research has been done by Deloitte and by a couple of other firms that, EY, and what we know is that people want meaning right now more than money, the, the youngest generation. So millennials who are, you know, they're the youngest in the workforce, future they have identified in research studies that they prefer meaning over money. You know, yes, they've got to pay their bills, but this is a particular group of people who really, they want to know that your company has higher purpose. They want to know that you give a darn about something. And they want to know that the contribution, the work that they're doing, even if it's pushing papers, is contributing to something larger. So it's really important. It's ultimate important right now for companies to be focused on purpose. The other thing is, I think we're in kind of like a purpose crisis at the moment. Um, What I'm seeing is people of every generation want purpose right now, right? So millennials want meaning. We've got boomers who are still in the workforce because there's, you know, they, they've got still a lot of life. We have longevity now. I've got a lot of life ahead of them. Want to stay active, want to stay in the workforce. And then we've got Gen Xers like you and me, Dave. And we learned from our parents, we're supposed to do the right thing and have this job and do it. But we're also learning from the younger generations. Oh, but I really, you know, it's like we did what we were supposed to do and then we ended up unhappy. So every generation right now is seeking purpose. And when a company can do two things, one, say, what is our overall purpose beyond making money, right? I was leading and executive retreat, half a day executive retreat for Victoria's Secret recently. And I'm with all their executives and said, write on a piece of paper, what do you see the purpose of your business as? What is the higher reason you're here? And then as a group, I said, let's now get down to what do you want customers saying about you when they walk into the store and when they walk out? What do you want your associates feeling about working here? 
What do you want the communities that your stores are in to think about your presence? You know, in one man who was the creative director, he led the creative for a particular business unit. He was in tears. He said, I want every woman who walks in to feel beautiful. And I have a 17-year-old girl and I don't know that she feels that right now. Hmm. And it was like this moment of, we're not just here to sell perfume or a bra. We're, we're here to make women feel beautiful. Okay, now, what does that mean in terms of how each employee shows up and in terms of, right? And it got them thinking in a different way and they got to do that together as a group and it was so powerful, right? This man was crying, thinking about a 17-year-old girl. So once you have this idea and, and best to include people, in the, in the purpose, right? And it gets to those questions. What do you want people to feel and experience and know about you? What do you want the industry saying? All that kind of saying about you. Now you can take it to the individual. And when you are in a performance, whatever you call it, performance review, strengths review, whatever you want to do, now you can get into these aspects. And I love teaching companies how to do this to support someone in knowing their own strengths and their own passions and their wisdom and how then their purpose can align with the company purpose. What is really in their heart to do and help them find. Many people are willing to do something on the side if it means that they can, you know, if that's planning all the employee get-togethers or it's creating the newsletter. Like you see these companies that will give 24 hours for their employees. Have you seen these? some of these tech companies will give 24 hours for their employees to work on anything? And they're wanting to, these employees are wanting to stay all night to work on something that they're, it's not, they're not being paid extra. And the best ideas come from that. So your employees really want to live purposefully within your business. Give them the chance to do so. Mm -hmm. Great, great. Well, we will obviously point people uh, toward the, the free resource that you mentioned, as well as the opportunity to connect with you via coaching. I'm assuming you coach people via Skype so they don't have to live in your area. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. I only have one local client, actually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's almost a pleasure when she comes. And it's always a pleasure when she comes, but I mean, because I get to hug her, you know, and say hello. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. So people can find me, Purpose Girl, of course, on any social media, Karen Rockhine, which is kind of funny to spell, but you'll have it in show notes probably. Yes. Yes. Well, it's R-I-R-O-C-K-I-N-D. So it's really short. It's easy to, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yep. We'll have everything in the show notes. So Karen, thank you so much for sharing all of your wisdom and energy and vibrant perspective on purpose. Thank you so much. It's been my honor. Thanks for having me, Dave. If you've been inspired or learned something from this episode, do yourself a favor and tell a friend. By sharing a learning with someone else, you'll actually be solidifying it in your own mind and heart and more likely to implement it in your own life. Tell them about our conversation and let them know that they can listen to the Inspiration Rising podcast on the iTunes podcast app on their phone. Check out our website at www.insporising.com. That's I-N-S-P-O rising.com and on all social media platforms as Inspo rising. Now, as you go out about your day, may you be inspired to rise up in your life, love, and leadership. I'll talk to you next time.